Welcome to the sixth episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence. And I'm pleased to welcome my co-host, Sue Das. Thank you, Charlie. Indeed, we are Sue Das and Charlie Jett, two certified positive intelligence and coactive coaches whose clients include individuals and businesses. This is a continuation of our podcast series about positive intelligence and mental fitness. In the last episode, another certified positive intelligence coach, Debbie McCullough, and I talked about the judge. And as you remember, the judge is the master saboteur, the one everyone suffers from. It compels you to constantly find faults with yourself and others and your conditions and circumstances. Essentially, the judge tells you that you are just not good enough. Charlie, are you ready to meet another saboteur? I am, Sue, so let's go for it. All right, let's meet the stickler. This is one that I personally am very familiar with. The stickler is known for seeking perfection and displays a need for order and organization, but those needs are taken too far. The, the stickler takes some great strengths and turns them into disadvantages for self and others. And some of the strengths of people with the stickler are, and these are good, they have high ideals and standards, they're principled, they're able to bring organization and order into chaos, and they're self-disciplined, and they're direct and discerning. They see, they're seeing and communicating things as they are, but as Sue said, sometimes these things are just taken too far. Here are some of the characteristics of someone who may have the stickler saboteur. They might be, and this is when those things are taken to an extreme. They might be punctual, methodical, and perfectionistic. They can be irritable, tense, opinionated, and sarcastic, highly critical of self and others, with a strong need for self-control and self-restraint. They work overtime to make up for others' sloppiness and laziness and can be highly sensitive to criticism. Now, like any of the other saboteurs, the stickler resides in the left brain and has a loud voice that generally drowns out your wiser self. You're right, Sue. So let's, let's share some personal examples, okay? Sounds you know, good. Uh, now, you know, how do you know when your stickler has shown up? Charlie, generally, if I feel very stressed or anxious, or sometimes if I almost feel like I'm frozen and can't move forward on something, that's one way I know that the stickler might be present. Another way is if I'm working really, really hard on something and can't seem to stop myself, even if I'm exhausted, another flag for me that the stickler is present. Physically, I might feel tension in my neck or my shoulders, and sometimes I even get a migraine headache. These are all signs and flags for me that my sticker is probably active. Well, you know, Sue, uh, I'm an author, and the stickler basically gives me what's known as writer's block. Mm. I'm proceeding along 
actively and creatively and all of a sudden I run into a roadblock. And that's where the stickler really surfaces in me. Now, what does your stickler surface in you and why? My stickler tells me that I shouldn't even try if I can't do something perfectly. And that shows up in all kinds of ways. Even if I'm doing something for the first time, the stickler is telling me I need to do it perfectly right out of the gate. It's very demotivating. And it also feels very stressful when the stickler is active because I might want to do something or try something new, but I feel like I can't because I'm not going to be able to live up to that standard that the stickler is setting for me. And this doesn't need to be related to anything big and important. It can be something just as simple as playing a new card game or even trying a new hobby. The other way that, that the stickler shows up is for me to feel like there's always one more thing I have to do before I'm finished or before something's ready. Now, one example, a simple example is if, for example, we're having people over for dinner, I have to get, it feels like that the house is never clean enough or organized enough. There's always one more thing that I've got to do before they arrive. And it's incredibly stressful. So much so that if I let the stickler run the show, I would probably never invite anybody over. Oh, that wouldn't be any fun. You know, mm -hmm. and as I mentioned, the, uh, my stickler gives me writer's block. And another, another example I just thought of is last night I was just elected to the board of our condo association here in Chicago. And we have about 240 condos in our, in our building. And mm -hmm. I got an email from the president of the condo board saying he wants to have a, uh, uh, a meeting this afternoon of, uh, some of our new members and uh, to talk about the, you know, the or the responsibilities of a board. And I figure, you know, my stickler immediately says, you don't know enough. You've mm. got to learn more. You've got to learn more. And he almost wants me to make an excuse why I couldn't meet the meeting. Mm. <laughs> That's an example of what it's done to me. Now, and Sue, what are some of the biggest lies that you've heard from your stickler and, and what's your counter to that lie? I think the biggest lie is that I'm going to feel more peaceful and happier if things are done properly. And I have to remind myself when, I, when I'm falling into that, it, the reminder is that the stickler actually causes a lot of stress and anxiety for me. It doesn't make me feel more peaceful and happier. So that's the big one. The other lie I've heard the stickler tell me is that I have to do whatever it is right or I shouldn't bother doing it at all and when that crops up for me I remind myself to check my standards of what this this word right what is right what am I what am I subtly thinking is the right way the stickler really isn't about excellence I think excellence is a good thing. The stickler is actually about achieving unachievable standards or setting unachievable standards for us. What I do when I hear that, do it right or don't do it at all, what I remind myself is to check those standards 
And normally the stickler wants me to aim for a 10 out of 10. But what I do is I ask myself, what would an eight out of 10 look like in this circumstance? Now, usually for me, an eight out of 10 is still an incredibly high standard, but it's still, but it's more achievable than that initial standard the stickler wants, wants to set for me. So this helps me to be able to try things that are else outside of my realm of expertise so that I can continue to learn and grow. Oh, Sue, I share those with you. I feel the same way. And as I'm thinking ahead to this meeting that we're perhaps going to have with the, the new board members of our condo, I'm thinking maybe that if, if I know 80% of what, uh, or even 70% of what a, a condo board member has to do, I'm okay. I can go and learn the others. I don't have to be perfect. Mm, absolutely. I, I yeah. really think that's good, a good way to look at it that you just suggested. Now, what is the cost to you if you don't turn down the volume of that stickler? Oh, the cost is enormous. I think the cost to self is that I'm very critical of whatever I do. And that causes a lot of insecurity and self-doubt as well as of course, stress. And that's kind of a vicious cycle because it makes me not want to try anything new as well. I end up playing very small when the stickler is, is active and I'm listening to the voice of the stickler. Relationally, I think, so that's the cost on self. I think relationally, I get very resentful and frustrated when the stickler is active and that causes a lot of tension and stress in my relationships. I can relate to those too, uh, Sue. And it, for me, it does cause delays as well. Not only, you know, not only when I'm doing... Uh, my writing and so forth as an author, but it, that dampens creativity. And, and I'm mm. afraid to write something wrong. I'm afraid mm -hmm. what my editor might say, when in fact, an editor is what you really want to have to mm -hmm. make sure that what you do is right. So I, I share those with you. Now, how do you, how do you see your stickler getting in the way of your performance or your happiness? Work performance suffers a lot if the stickler is running the show. The stickler would have me spending so much time perfecting one project that I ignore all these other things that actually need to get done. I also usually become very aware of my weaknesses or my lack of experience and ability, kind of like what you're talking about with the board of directors. The stickler says that I shouldn't try something unless I'm absolutely certain that I can be successful. And that means I, I don't try new things if the stickler is running the show. Or I end up having to check my work so many times to make sure that it's right, that it takes so long, it's stressful, it's exhausting. And it means, as I said earlier, that I, you can't do all the things that are required of you in your, in your position. The stickler has a massive impact on performance and happiness. Well, I agree with you there too. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my stickler tends to summon my judge. Mm. You're not good enough to do this. You don't know enough. It's a tag team, Sue. I Absolutely mean, it is. Yeah, they work together and together they're louder than they are individually. So they're, they're powerful, mm. powerful voices. Yeah. So what are some of the ways you can counteract that, uh, that stickler? 
Charlie, I think the first thing I do is I stop and I do PQ reps. Hey, explain, sure. explain a PQ rep again. Mm, okay. I was wondering if I needed to do that. You bet. PQ rep is, is a tool we use in the positive intelligence mental fitness program to quieten down the survival brain. And it creates a sense of calm. It creates the sense of pause between being hooked or hijacked by something and, and, and a response that you want to give. So essentially what it is, is focusing intently on one of your senses. So for example, you could focus on the sense of touch, you know, rubbing two fingers together, really focusing intently on the sensation of the skin as you rub those fingers together so much so that you're feeling the ridges of the skin. And while you're doing that, you're letting go of any thoughts you might be having. You're just focusing on the physical sensation for 10 seconds or 20 seconds. And this helps quieten the survival brain. So that's the first thing I do. If I notice the stickler is active, I'll do one of these PQ reps and there's lots of different versions of them that people learn in the six week mental fitness course. May I, that is a habit that you form. That's a, that's a, uh, a habit that you form through practice. And Absolutely it's, uh, it's it a way you've almost, you almost developed as we mentioned earlier in some of these uh, uh, series podcasts is that you develop new neuropathways that actually, when you trigger something like rubbing your fingers together, it does quiet your saboteur and summon your sage. Now, what are some of the other things? So Charlie, I, if I can insert a very brief story about this. Of I was course. on the phone to someone. I was, this person was very angry and I felt myself in an instant, even though I'm normally not a very angry person, I felt myself really triggered and flooded with the sense of anger. I really wanted to ha hang up the phone. I was furious and I, I know I was feeling this other person's anger. Anyway, in that moment, I, I did my PQ reps, literally 10 seconds of these PQ reps. And physiologically, I could feel calm just flood through my body, which was amazing. I was able to actually continue that conversation for a whole nother hour just because I stopped, did PQ reps, calmed that survival brain, the stress, the anger, calmed it down and was able to then continue with what was important to me. So that's just a little story in there inserted. Uh, the power of PQ reps is phenomenal. It is, it is. I think you asked me what, what else do I do? And one of the other things I do is I tap into one of the, the sage powers, which is the, the empathize power. One of the concrete ways I do that is I ask myself, what is the most loving thing I can say or do for myself right now? And normally when it comes to the stickler being active, Empathy for me has something to do with adjusting my expectations of myself. Yeah, I know. You know, Sue, empathy is powerful to, for me too. And it is, as I understand, uh, the most powerful of the, of the sage powers. And I use PQ reps, but I also remember a, a poem, you know, that I learned when I was at the Naval Academy. And uh, one of the key things that I remember, and I'll give you the, I'll give you the one little a uh, little couple of sentences that uh, that describe it 
it goes like this. It says, say the wise, how may I know their purpose? Then acts without wherefore or why. Stays the fool, but one moment to question, and the chance of his life passes by. So it's a way for me to take that, that competing voice from that left brain and move ahead with trust that I can do something. Mm. Describe yeah. a little, you know, you mentioned empathy and I agree with you, what you said. How, how does it help you? I think empathy helps me to relax and breathe a bit. And it's a powerful antidote to the brutality of the stickler. You know, living with the stickler active is a brutal and exhausting way to live. Empathy says that I can try something and fail or not even meet my expectations and everything is still going to be okay if I do that. Empathy is the thing that gives me the freedom to try something. And as you said before, the empathy power is the strongest of the sage power. Now, what are some of the other sage powers, the powers from your right brain? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the other ones that I think is particularly relevant for me when the stickler is active is the sage power of explore. And when it comes to the stickler, I often use two questions to help me access the explore power. Ready for those questions? Yeah. Okay, so the first one is, what if I enjoyed it? Now, when the stickler is active, there's no sense of joy. It's all stress, it's trying to meet the expectations, it's being fearful that you're, you know, you're failing, that what are other people are gonna think of you. There's no joy in that. So for me, that question helps me to let go of the expectations and the what ifs and be really in the moment. So just if, asking myself, what if I enjoyed this? So, so that's the first question. Okay, what's the second? The second question is, what would be available to me if I didn't have to pretend I knew what I was doing. Now, this gets to the heart of the stickler where you constantly feel like a bit of a fraud because you're never meeting your own expectations. Letting go of having to be perfect and right gives a tremendous amount of freedom. So both these questions help me to connect with curiosity and that helps me to shift away from the rigidity of the stickler and connect to that explore power. The explore power is, is, is a great one. You know, another one uh, that I remember is the power of to innovate. And mm -hmm. the power to innovate is really, really interesting because it's a safe place, blameless and non-judgmental. It's wonderful to use in brainstorming when you, when you assume that it's blameless, it's a safe place. You use the technique called yes and. Mm. Well, people can, can express their ideas no matter how ridiculous they may sound. And you follow up with that by saying, I love what you say about this. And, and then you expand on that or come up with your own idea with, but you always assume, and this is critical, that about 10%, no matter whether you believe this or not, 
10% of what someone says is right. So you don't be judgmental, you build on what they say, but you never, never, never use, yes, I like what you say, but that's mm -hmm. when you become critical. Using those techniques in the innovate power really makes for a very, very, very substantive um, uh, brainstorming session in, in not only if you're being coached or if you're a coach or you're in just a meeting with your business in a brainstorming session. It really, really works. You know, another, another little technique uh, about the stickler is kind of a specialized application of the 80-20 rule. You know, of all the things that you're faced with doing and that sort of stuff, you can say, well, I'm going to take 80% of those things and put them in a bucket that says, you know, I don't have to be perfect on all these things. But this other 20%, you know, I have to focus on a little bit. So you give yourself a break and you, uh, you, you say, okay, I'm gonna, I've got two buckets here, 80% of the stuff I can, I can do my best on. And uh, I'm gonna silence my stickler on that. And the other 20%, I'll do the best I can. What do you think about that? I think that's a very powerful technique and it gives some freedom and it also helps to give the energy for those specific projects where you really do need a higher attention to detail. If you're only doing that for 20% of the things, you're not constantly running on empty because you're trying to make everything perfect. It's, it's a very good technique to use, yes. Well, that sounds like we've covered the topic pretty well. All right. Well, in summary, this has been a closer examination of the stickler. The stickler. And we look forward in subsequent episodes in taking you with us on a deep dive into the positive intelligence system. Positive intelligence can help you and can help your business toward greater productivity and happiness. And I thank you, Sue, for being my co-host today. I hope you'll consider co-hosting on another one of our episodes down the road. And you can contact us as follows. Sue? You can, you can contact me uh, on my website, beyondtheshadow.blog, or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Sue Beyond the Shadow. Beyondtheshadow.blog and Sue Beyond the Shadow. Fantastic. And you can contact me at charliejetcoaching.com or podcastingpq.com. That's where we are today. I want to thank all of you for joining us. And we'll see you soon in our next episode where we will discuss in more depth another of the nine saboteurs, the hypervigilant. Mm -hmm.